Howdy gang, you have found the Backcountry Barbells Podcast. I am Joe Shamanic, your co-host. Um, real quick tip on show sponsors before we start getting into the content of the day. Uh, the real big group that we want to bring attention to with this show is the Send a Vet Foundation. Um, the Send a Vet Foundation has a great mission, and it's focused on sending our nation's vets and combat injured warriors on various outdoor adventures. Um, their volunteers, donors, sponsors work diligently to provide uh, the labor and secure the resources to ensure a safe and positive adventure experience for all vets. Um, guys, if you have a vet, um, a friend, uh, somebody having a hard time dealing with um, any sort of post-traumatic uh, syndrome or injury, uh, Sendavet would love to um, give them the gift of the great outdoors in, in a positive way. And I think it's a great mission. Um, I have lots of friends, as, as my wife is an active duty physical therapist, who um, are trying to manage that situation. And sometimes we all just need a little help with it. Sendavet has a unique way of providing that assistant with with camaraderie through um, outdoor excursions. So check them out, guys. Go over to sendavet.org. They do have an auction coming up that's referenced here May 11th. If you're in the Puyallup area of western Washington, please, guys, check it out. Uh, 30 bucks a ticket. And if you're not in the area, you can support Sendavet. They are worldwide helping folks out. They're based out of uh, Washington, but man, they help folks everywhere. Um, head, head over to sendavet.org and get some more details on how you can support or send someone who needs their support our way, guys. We'd love to help you out. And if you can't find sendavet.org for some reason, you can find information about them at the Backcountry and Barbells partner page. So check that out. And when you're on that partner page, you may notice another partner, PR Lifting, providing quality fitness gear. PR Lifting is based out of Everett, Washington, and they bring personal passion, customer service to the Pacific Northwest along with their quality gear. Um, I have taken advantage of their free shipping um, many times, even on the tiny orders. I remember for Christmas, I bought my wife a kettlebell and a single super band, um, and I got free shipping on that. Why? Because they're making runs between Everett and Portland pretty regularly, and on the way of one of those runs, they popped over my house and left that stuff right on my doorstep for free. So check them out. Great stuff. Um, great prices and um, great personal touches on getting you that service. In fact, they are donating a barbell set and bumper plates to the Send a Vet auction. So head on over to that auction. You could double dip on supporting our show supporters. And also, guys, they are going to have a great contest coming up. And PR Lifting is providing what could be the start to your home gym. So be on the lookout uh, for information how you can win the base camp starter pack to get your home gym started provided by PR lifting. So again, go over to prlifting.com. Guys, today's show is a good one. We think, um, if we didn't think it was good, we probably wouldn't share it with you. But Jeremy and I talk about managing a tough travel schedule, cultivating discipline, and um, we discuss a solid pull-up progression, which a pull-up. If you don't have one, you've tuned into the right episode. Hopefully today we help you get it. Um, if we're not accomplishing that mission and helping you train, hunt, and live the best life possible, please let us know. And if we do hit the mark, please leave us a big review. Five stars would be awesome. And along with sharing this show and this podcast with your friends and neighborhood around you. So head on over to please backcountrybarbells.com to help the show out. And 
enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Howdy, gang. You have found the Backcountry and Barbells podcast. Jeremy, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, just uh, hanging out here in sunny Sacramento, California, baby. Oh, you're traveling. Fire it up. Good for you, man. Yeah. Do you like, yeah. do you like, you do a lot more traveling um, for work and business than I do. I mean, how many weekends of the year are you on the road and, and do you enjoy that? You know, the good thing about my job is, is that um, I only two weekends a year that I'm really out on the road doing a trade show. Most of my traveling is Tuesday through Thursday. Oh, cool. So it's, um, it's work travel. Yeah. Work travel three days a week. And do you, I mean, and then I do that for, I do that kind of hodgepodge. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Cool. Do you, so, but again, is there any, you ever feel taxed? Does the stress of travel linger? Does it jump up on you? I mean, how do you handle, I mean, just try. Oh yeah. Uh, like yesterday it was brutal. We, we started in Sacramento or, or no, um, we started from Reno and then we did a bunch of sales calls in Reno and then drove all the way over here and then um, got into Sacramento and had a bunch of meetings. So sometimes my days will start at about 7 o'clock and then sometimes we end at about 10 o'clock at night. Hmm. So it gets real taxing on the body just sitting down all day. And yesterday was one of those days. It was like, I can't wait to get out of this damn car. <laughs> Well, that, this is I ridiculous. Mean, that's say. You know, my back is hurting. You, you just get. Well, yeah, sitting in the car, sitting in the plane, it adds up, right? You're not in a great position, right? And and, and that's tough. So now I'm, I'm always I'm always interested in folks who do a good bit of traveling. And besides just uh, besides just sitting in a chair, uh, is is it, is it weird always being in different places? No, I, I kind of enjoy it because I get to I, I like talking with people a lot. So I get to meet and be with a lot of different people every single day. So it's it's pretty nice. And I'm not scared to strike up a conversation with anybody. So well, imagine that Anybody I really at, at this point, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing that gets tiring, like I said, is just those those long days sometimes because, you know, I get up at five and I'm in the gym by five fifteen. So my day really starts at five o'clock. So. Good. Well, you know, it can, it can get brutal, and and being able to, being being able to handle that stress, uh, that discipline, to to do all that and keep up with your routine, I think is um, I think that's probably one of the hardest things about traveling. It's like you know, even in my my perspective, like or, or what I do, like I, I've structured the home environment to be really easy, make training easy. Like we have the garage set up. You know, the kids and the wife are acclimated to it. We all get up. But what could really screw it up is being on the road and, you know, you stay at the little condo, you stay at the hotel room, and they don't have all the gym stuff. And, and sometimes uh, that that makes training really tough. So do you have any, um, when you're on the road, are there any road traveling trip or uh, road training tips that for folks who, you know, who are doing the same kind of business travel work um, that you're doing? Um, yeah, you know, the, the hardest part about it all, you know, besides being away from the family, um, I forgot to mention that. That's probably the hardest thing to, for me is being away from my wife and kids for three days. But on the training aspect, I always, um, 
you know, you got to, I, I scout out the gym when I first get to a facility and I stay in all Hilton's and they're all pretty much the same layout. So you get there and you just kind of see what the gym has to offer. And then I go up to my room and then I get prepared. And then I kind of just think about how I can integrate my program for what I'm supposed to do tomorrow with the tools that they have there in the gym. So sometimes it might be just, I get on the elliptical or the treadmill and run. Um, a lot of times I try to get the weights cause they usually always have weights, but, um, the hardest thing is you just got to stay on, on task and stay focused, you know, because you sleep like crap in a hotel. And so you just, the alarm goes off at five o'clock. You just, I just have to pop up and get out of my head. Well, I got to sleep in cause I slept like crap last night. And so you just get up and then go to the gym, half asleep, get in there and start doing your thing. And, um, but mainly you just got to pre-scout it out, see what they have available so that you can plan your exercise program in the morning. Well, I can imagine the gym. It's like a dumbbell rack up to 50s. There's two treadmills, two ellipticals. They yep. have that thing in the corner that's like that cable crossover slash lat pull-down machine. And then sometimes there might be like a medicine ball or, or something. And then some every now and then some of them gyms will have just something different. Just one little quirky piece of material where... You can be like, oh, the manager here must have wanted that. And it's just, it's interesting. And and I think probably the most challenging part when you're in that situation is just not hitting snooze, right? Oh, that is the hardest. (laughs) If you can not hit snooze, if you can get your feet to the floor, you'll probably make it to the gym. So um, no, man, uh, kudos. So here's what I do. Oh, go for it. my My snooze button goes off and I reach over and I turn the light on right away. And then I rotate up and I sit up in my bed and I don't think, oh, I don't, don't put the head back down. Don't put the head back down. And then I just get up and go. Well, here's, it's just what you have to do. Yeah, I have a, uh, my, my trick is I, um, I'll use my phone as the alarm clock and I put it across the room and then I set my, I set my watch 10 minutes, the alarm on my watch 10 minutes, um, after that. So my goal is I want to be where I want to be. By the time my watch alarm goes off, if that makes sense. That's a great idea. Yeah. So for one, I have to get up and turn my phone off. And then because my home gym's in the garage, the goal is, can I beat, can I beat my spot? Can I beat my alarm to the garage gym? So, um, I do, that's what I do, but the key's getting your feet to the floor, brother. I mean, that, that oh, could be the hardest part. Sometimes. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that is the hardest part. And, um, uh, which kind of will bring us to our opening, uh, chat of this situation again this is um backcountry and barbells and and you know we do want to discuss these training elements because i think what's really important for maybe the guy who might be leaning towards the backcountry side of this conversation like i want to talk hunting um well in in aspects of this you whether training or hunting uh i think you can set yourself up for success if you do certain things just to kind of train your discipline and your willpower muscle i mean more than anything else because you know, just like we were kind of talking in previous conversations about, you know, when 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 things hit the fan and things get dirty, um, you can really only rely on your your minimums um, in crunch time. So let's let's focus on raising the minimums, and I think that that could be the same thing with mental capacities, discipline. You know, are you going to have the discipline to not take a shot? Um, are you going to have the discipline to get up early in camp when you had a rough pack out the the, the day before and stuff like that. And I think if you set those disciplined habits beforehand, it's not easy to reach deep and find them if, if that's just the minimum. Yeah, I agree. And 
and you the discipline factor comes in very heavily because we're at that home gym, right? So it's a lot harder. You have a lot more distractions. You have the wife, the kids, and then you also can create more excuses, right? Well, I don't want to do that workout because then it might wake up the kids here, or I don't want to do this over there because it's going to disrupt this or that. So really you have to discipline yourself to get in there and just do it. And then that will increase your energy throughout the day. And then that will help increase your execution of everything you do throughout the day as well. Yeah. And the, I'll tell you the big home gym training excuse is, Oh, I'll do it later. That, yeah. <laughs> I'll get it in. I can do I it. I don't know how many times I used to say that all the time. And you don't, I, if there's one thing that having three kids full-time work and managing their schedules is that something comes up. And if, and if I don't get it in before six, I ain't getting it in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. So, <laughs> exactly. You know, here and there, I'll get a weekend day in. And honestly, uh, to be perfectly honest, I have end up carving two evening training sessions a week. But that's where that's where I schedule it, pay for it, and, and I go and, and practice a different sport. And, and that that's something that was heavily negotiated. <laughs> so um, <laughs> as all as, as we've all been through. But I wanted to read a quote and see what you thought of this. And, and we've quoted Teddy Roosevelt before, as many conservationists do. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt was probably uh, the last man's man who was in the office. What do you think? Is that, is that a fair assessment? What do you think? Is there been, yeah, like, I think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was a like you said before, he's a big dude. He was a huge hunter, outdoorsman, and I don't think he grew up that way. I think he came that came later into his life as well, right? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a Teddy. I, I, I think so, but um, I'm a fan. But I'm not a. Uh, I'll have to dig more into this. Um, but but I love this quote, and I came across it today, and it goes. Um, he goes. We need the iron qualities that go with true manhood. We need the positive virtues of resolution, of courage, of indomitable will, of power to do without shrinking the rough work that must always be done. So I love that final thought. Uh, Don't shrink the rough work that must be done. Like plow ahead and just do it. You know what I mean? So um, so that kind of sets the tone for I think what you need to do if, if, if you... If there's a if there's an aspect of your situation, whether it's training or hunting, that's probably um, not where you need it to be. You need to do the hard work to sort that out. And, and and I think that in modern times, in modern society, I think we're just too often looking for the right supplement, looking for the right gear, uh, looking for the right situation. Maybe I'm going to apply for that special tag to be successful. Where probably what you need to do is just put the next foot forward and, and, and do the hard work that needs to be done, not not finding the right situation to do it the way you think you want to do it. Right. And you can think anything and everything to death and, and plan it out in your mind and have a phenomenal plan and this is how I'm going to execute it. But until you actually try some or most of the components in that plan, you're not going to be successful because you have to put in the the true hard work, the physical hard work aspect of it, and even more of the mental, because, you know, the more you try something and then you got to start thinking, okay, well, now I got to redo this or do that. Yeah. You know, a, a, a big thing is to say you don't work out, you don't train that much throughout the year. You wait till four weeks before the season and then you start to do a little training program. So you're kind of in shape and then you get in there and then you get an elk down 
And then you pack that elk out or half of that elk out. And now you're exhausted Mm. and you can't go back in there. Right. Because you only did four weeks, four weeks of training. And now you don't have the, now you have this recovery aspect that you have to deal with. Right. Yep. Well, does that that make sense? You're going to be so burnt out that you can't, that you can't go, damn, I got to go in there and get that other half of the elk because I'm solo hunting and I have two more trips. Well, you you bring, but I'm so wiped out. You bring up two things there that I really think are important. Um, let let then uh, bring me back to both these points if you want to jot these down. One is the the time aspect of the four weeks and just trying to make up for what you haven't done, and the other one is this idea of uh, uh, recovery. So um, we'll start with the first one. Like your body will hundred percent adapt to what you do most. And I, I even try and talk to the kids about this. Like the average American sits for 11 hours a day. So you sit for 11 hours a day, but before you sit for 11 hours a day, you do make, you do have the discipline to get up and train for a hard 45 minutes. But do the math. What are you going to adapt to more? Where's the minimum at, right? You've, you've, you've placed the minimum workload at sitting, and you've done that for 11 hours versus 45 minutes. So again, where's the adaptation going to take place? That's the other point. So again, you can't you can't expect great results if you're just trying to play catch up for four weeks. You, again, these have to be habits that you build every week, every day. So when you put fifty two weeks on the calendar, you have to train all fifty two weeks. There's no off weeks. There's no off days. There's active recovery. I mean that that's that's the mentality you have to attack this with. Um, and, and I love that aspect of it. And then the other point is. Um, the recovery aspect, if for those 52 weeks you are getting some kind of training in and just like Jeremy discussed with the hotel workout where you're, you're doing what you can with what you've got, um, when you can do it, uh, that's going to all add up to little stuff that that's going to, again, raise the minimums, uh, in training in particularly where that's really important is the recovery aspect. Yeah. You want to be able to do the work, but I think the biggest thing you can get from some sort of training effort is the the recovery aspect. Can you bounce back from a hard day's work and put in another hard day's? And and if you're not trying to do that 52 weeks out of the year, um, you can't expect it to happen just because you've you've notched a really important tag in your life. Yeah, there's some there's some will and there's some toughness, but it's a lot easier to dig deep if you've been digging deep. And that's a pattern in your life, not just something you do um, one month out of the year. Exactly. And and it's easy. And, and it's just also the mindset that you create, which is that procrastination, right? Last mm. minute. Well, shit, it's crunch time. Or I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do my workout later in today. If you're waking up every morning at 5 o'clock and you're getting your workout in, you've already developed that mental toughness we've been talking about and creating that habit. And then it's just going to roll over into your business life. It's going to roll over into your personal life. It's going to roll over to your family life. It's just going to, it's a phenomenal snowball that will really change your whole life for the better, because then you're going to be more on point. You're going to be sharper. You're going to be, you know, it's amazing what it just, you know, training every day and having created this kind of like subconscious background i don't know what the word technical word would be but no well i think what you're getting at is like you make your own luck 
and you, you don't do create, it exactly you, you don't it's not magic <laughs> you know you you create the situation like again i teach a lot and i talk to the kids and and we're we're going through some we were talking about career development in my little advisory class and you know one of the hardest things to do as a teacher is to look at a middle schooler and get them to take a long-term view on anything it's just not going to happen um, but I, I, was, <laughs> right. I was discussing with them about my first job was in uh, eighth grade and this guy next door to me, uh, he had a food truck and it was awesome. He used to come home and for two hours after school, most days, um, I would, I would restock and, and wipe down his food truck and he paid me 50 bucks a week. Um, and, and getting that job and the, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. I bought a PlayStation with that money. It was fired up. I was I used yeah, to man, you were in yeah. the game, huh? Yeah. You're like, it. <laughs> you had a goal. <laughs> well, yeah, I bought a PlayStation. <laughs> I got to go paintballing, and yeah, it wasn't about because I didn't have a lot of money. But my, you know, we knew folks, and I had opportunity, and we took it. And but I got the soft skills with that job to then get my first job at a Wendy's. And one day I'm working at a Wendy's, and I was like many kids, I was a movie buff. I thought working in a movie theater would be the coolest job ever. And I'm sitting there in the Wendy's line. Uh, running the drive-thru and a bunch of kids from the united artists theater came through the drive-thru i'm like man you guys got the best job they're like yeah it's pretty cool and they're like you're pretty cool man why don't you should hire you should you should come we got an opening and 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 i told the kids how i got the movie theater job and they wanted to say i was lucky because i could see free movies and i'm like uh are you following the story there's no this <laughs> it's not luck are you listening to me like there's no luck in this situation like I was in a situation, I was friendly, I was working hard, and um, you call it luck, but I call it being at the right place at the right time and, and, and taking advantage of the opportunity. And you guys can all do that. Everybody can do that. But absolutely, it, it takes getting out of bed, it takes putting the phone down, and it just takes like really injecting yourself in your life and what you want to do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a story of, uh, oh, what is his name, Roland... Mont, I forget his last name, but anyway, he and one other guy were trying to be the first two guys to go to the South Pole, to be the first ones to put their flag there. And Roland, he rolled, he um, he went down and he was preparing himself for success. So he would go down there, talk to the Eskimos, see what he needed to do and and try out sleds and try this out and do that. So he did all this preparation to set him up for success to get there and be the first guy there. The other gentleman wrote down everything and he kind of just, um, you know, I've done this before. I'll be able to just go in there and put my flag and be out. Basically, you know, I'm just kind of wrapping this long story up super short. And so what ended up happening is Roll ended up getting there first and then he got out of there. He didn't lose anybody, I think, except for a horse or something like that or a few things. And it's been a while since I've read the story. The other gentleman ends up getting there. I think it was 28 days or 30 days later than rolled and then never made it out. And none of his people did. They all died because they didn't do the proper pre preparation to be successful. Yeah. So you're, are you talking about what's it? Uh, race to the South Pole. I, th I think that's what it is. I read that book so long ago. Yeah, I actually. Um, it's funny you bring that up because there's someone, one of the, um, one of the gymnastics fathers is reading that, and we got to talking about that. And I guess that book ultimately becomes a, a dissection of leadership and different styles of getting things done, right? And um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And um, 
and he has a great quote and and I'm not a memorization guy, so I have this quote on every one of my emails, but I can never freaking remember it. But it's victory awaits him who has everything in order. Yep. Luck, people call it. Defeat is certain for him who has neglected to take the necessary precautions in time. This is bad luck. Rolled Amundsen. Yep. And I think you've talked about that quote before, but it, it's obviously... I a, think so. It's a lesson that resonates with, with anybody, and whether it's training or hunting, you... You need to make your own your own situation, and and I think in the same way that you can always modify a movement to accommodate the equipment or whatever's hurting that day. Heck, I'm I did something goofy uh, last week in jujitsu class, and my low back. I can't, you know, I'm a pretty strong guy, and this is a funny story. Uh, two weeks ago in class, I was taking this guy who was about 300 pounds. No joke. Uh, big Danny is Big Danny. He's a big feller, and we had to do this thing where we literally had to like. If you can imagine, you know what you do with your kids and you Superman your kids, you put them on your legs. Oh yeah, yeah. I had to do that to this guy, and nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to be partners with Danny on this drill, but I did. So I said, "I got you, Danny. Let's go." So I'm leg pressing this guy. Uh, fast forward about a week later, I'm doing the same drill with a kid who weighs 130 pounds, a little Korean kid, and I got to then take him over my head and roll back and do this reversal situation. Um, well, something about getting that the right way. I don't know if training added up the day before because I was hitting some heavy lunges, but um, something tweaked me the wrong way, and I've been battling. Um, I've been battling just a really interesting tweak the last last seven days. That just it's just lingering. It's just a it's a it's a nasty knot, and we can talk about what I've been doing to get that out. But you know that's not an excuse to not get up and train. You know, get up and do your rehab. I've been getting in the inversion table. I've been doing some tempering, doing some prone push ups. Uh, it's actually giving me extra time to shoot the bow. You know what I mean? So make the best of your situation and try to yeah. do what you can to raise the minimums. Again, don't, there's no excuse to not do something, you know? So, um, so, 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 so get on with that, you know? And you can always find an excuse. That's the easiest part. That's the best part. And it's actually, yeah. actually a fun thing to do. <laughs> so. No, that's You create that, man. It drives me crazy. I'll be like, I'll be like, okay, so you know what the kids, um, who put the dish here? Well, Dad, um, I really didn't do it because, and then all of a sudden, these all these excuses. I was like, "Well, I'm just wondering who did it." Yeah, I wasn't asking for excuses. Yeah. I just, you know, get to the point. That's it. <laughs> it's just funny. And even with my own kids and the excuses. kids I teach, the thing sometimes the excuse is other people. Well, I got to do yeah. this because of that. Here's this. Here's because of that. And I'm like, listen, sir, the conversation's about you, and until we can fix you your situation's not going to improve. You know what I mean? So, and, and that's it. So what, what can you do in regard to that to improve yourself and what you're doing? And, and again, start with where you're at. Um, that's probably the best thing. What, what can you do? Do, do some real, um, do some real self-assessment regarding your capabilities. Don't, you know, again, this day and age, you can jump on social media and you can look at what other people are doing and you can be like, man, I need to be doing that. No, you need to start with, with where you're at and then you can take incremental um, steps towards attaining your particular goal but it's got to be it's got to be beyond uh, obtaining the skill set of something you've seen in a 30 second Instagram post it's got to be yeah. it's got to be rooted in real a real goal you know like can I pack out a hindquarter for two miles you know that's interesting so okay now how do I work backwards from that 
but then also assess the fact that I'm winded walking up the steps. It's not to say you can't get there, but that's a long-term, that's a long-term progression. Right. And, um, you know, the individual person, the I or the me, you have to be the one, the cause of change. It can't be anybody else. You can't rely on anybody else. You can't blame anybody else. You have to take personal responsibility and then just, you know, focus on the execution and come up with a plan so that you can execute and, you know, do the plan. Well, and and two, I think that this is a real natural segue into, um, actually a a listener topic that's come up and, and it's regarding a specific movement. Um, that that's a challenging movement for a lot of folks, um, in the base camp program where, um, you know, the listeners asking, you know, how do I, how do I get pull-ups when, how do I train pull-ups when you want me to train pull-ups, but I don't have pull-ups and I haven't done them for, for a long time, which I'll be honest, whether you're, whether you're, um, whether you're a deconditioned dude or, um, you're a a female who hasn't trained in a while or you're a little kid, I mean, pull-ups are like a lost art. Um, I think there was probably a day in time where that was just a common exercise, but you know, for a lot of reasons, uh, folks aren't able to do them. And I think that that's okay, but I would put a pull up and we can start that Jeremy with just this question to you. I would put a pull up as something that everybody should be able to do. Like that should be something you should be working towards. I almost think of a pull up as like, I would almost, I don't know what the scale would be, but I would almost be like, if you can't do a pull up you are putting yourself in a situation where um, if nature or life dictates that you need a pull-up, you're, you're putting yourself at a big hindrance. Yeah, I agree, because the pull-up is such a... It, it works so many body movements like the push-up. I mean, just the two of them alone, I think you could have a great exercise program. I don't know. What do you think, Joe? But, yeah, I mean, you're kind of more... Prof- <laughs> those two, those yeah. two are, you know, you got your pull and you got your push. No, that's no. I, I mean, there's your upper body basics. I mean, you should be able to press and you should be able to pull, and then you can say horizontal and vertical on both aspects. But you could, if you could smartly put together, that's all you need to to develop yeah. supreme upper body strength. And I think everything comes, everything comes from there. And that's not to say that you're a bad person if you don't have a pull up, but you should. That should be goal one, I think, in terms of like upper body strength you know, you should be working towards the development of that because even if you don't have it, if that's your goal, um, there's different hanging variations. There's, um, there's different vertical pulling modifications you can make to strengthen up and, and getting you, uh, closer to that. And, um, yeah, no, I hundred percent. I mean, if, if you're, I think, and this will get into a, a question that was asked earlier, but, or excuse me, another question we wanted to get into from a listener, but you know, that's a, that it's a great place to structure a training routine rather than some fancy exercise or, you know, accumulating like lat pull downs and bent over rows and different other back strengthening exercises. Your, your thought process needs to be on, well, what's the foundation of pulling things? And you do that from a vertical and a horizontal plane and, and anything that, and anything that might happen in between. But you want to structure movements around that. And those are things you should be doing every week, every day, something along those lines. Yeah. And you know, I am Joe, I got to admit, I'm 100% guilty on this pull up thing. I'm nice. Before I started doing the base camp, I was like, why in the hell do I need to do a pull up? You know why? 
why do I have to do this funk this this particular workout? And because <clears throat> I'm kind of a big guy and I have never been strong on the pull-up world, so I'm like, I can only do two or three. You well, know, well, pull by myself, and then I have to find some kind of assistance. Yeah, well, pull-ups are tough. That's probably so, one of the reason they've just fallen off. They're just they're they're really yeah. hard. And what we've done in like big gym settings is between dumbbells and lat pull-down machines, we've we've accommodated the fact that we've accommodated we've accommodated the body weight aspect of it out of the drill. I mean, to me, I think the pull-up is a sign that you know if you're dangling or hanging from a tree or you're in an interesting limb, you you could essentially pull your body weight out of a hole. And I think that that's a yeah, it's a, an essential skill. That's a that, great point. Yeah, we don't have that, you know, and and we're not as Americans and and you know Westerners, we're not put in those situations. But think about it from that aspect, you'll probably want that pull up. And uh, for lots of reasons, we probably don't do it. We're not climbing trees as much. We're probably not climbing mountains as much. Um, you know, we're just not putting ourselves in that situation. But I'll make a case for the pull up, even even if you don't have a pull up, the simple act of grabbing your pull-up bar and hanging at the bottom of that position, I think that aspect alone of working towards a pull-up is really important. If you think of all the men with with shoulder injuries and, you know, my son's playing baseball, all those guys are tore up. I mean, I I can look at all, a lot of my friends in the military, and I would say about 90% of them have had some kind of shoulder surgery. And, and Again, the aspect of these guys who we're talking to are shooting bows and, and putting big rifles on their shoulders. You're taking a lot of impact there. I think if you just even hang at the bottom of a pull-up and work towards it, you're going to learn how to um, stretch and strengthen those positions, which are really important. And you do it natural. You do it naturally with gravity rather than going in there and cutting stuff up or tearing things down. So just at the lowest level, being able to hang from a pull-up bar will give you the ability to at least hang on and, and then give you the tools to strengthen, mobilize, and, and stabilize that shoulder in a at its end range. If you think about hanging from the bottom of a pull-up bar, you're at your end range of motion in that kind of vertical pulling uh, posture. And if you don't have that, and if you don't naturally go there very often, in nature or a situation puts you there, that's when injury happens. So again, from a preventative cost, you should be hanging. You got to be at the bottom of that position. I, I love that. I mean, because it's pretty simple. And so if, if there was a guy, you know, he's like, I'm going to hang and he's probably going to think, well, how long should I be hanging there, yep. Joe? So, I mean, to ask you, how long should that guy, you know, grab that bar? Should he set a goal to hang for 30 seconds, 45, a minute, two minutes? Or, I, I mean, would, what, what's what's kind of feasible? I would I would attempt to accumulate two minutes. Now, that, okay. that happens, in, and this could be a really simple little training session that you could do in the morning. Wherever your pull-up bar is, accumulate two minutes. So get your little stopwatch, hit the button, and hang as long as you can. When you drop, you look at your watch, stop it. Wherever it's at, that's where you are. Maybe you can drop and do a sit-up. You get on the elliptical. And then when you feel like there's some strength back in your your shoulder, you go back to it and you accumulate the two minutes. And then keep track of the sets. So then your goal the next time would be, can I get that two minutes in less sets? And then you'll slowly get to this place where you can hang for one to two minutes, which is which is really beneficial. Um, and, and, that, and that's how... That's how I would start that. And then all of a sudden that becomes your shoulder warm-up for any time you're going to do a vertical press or a, or a heavy pull-up workout. 
And then, so say a guy goes, dang it, I'm just, I, I want to start doing pull-ups, but I can only get half of one done. Is there some kind of assistance or a way a guy could do it when he's working out by himself? Well, to, yeah, I think that this to is... To help him get up with those pull-ups? Sure, I think there's a couple things you can do, and I think that this is where the benefit of, like, machines come in, right? So maybe you could do your lat pull-down, but folks don't have that in their garage most cases. So, uh, again, why I like the... Why I recommended the super band for the base camp program is two things. If you, if, if you get a broom handle and a couple super bands, you could hook that up to your pull-up bar and you can create your own lat pull-down. It's very simple. Um, with that pull-up, with that super band, you can do pull-aparts, which are part of the warm-up in the base camp program. And you can also do an exercise called face pulls where you're pulling that band to you. The other thing you can do with that band is hook it up to the, you can hook that band up to either the pull-up bar or um, you can set up like in a squat rack or some apparatus where you would stand on the band, kind of would push you up, but you can do an assisted pull-up. But what I like more than any of that, um, if you really don't have that pull-up, you could develop it through uh, through eccentric strength and eccentric um, contractions. And um, if you'd imagine when your arms are straight and you pull your head over the bar, that's a concentric movement. And then the lowering aspect would be eccentric, where your muscle's contracting while you're stretching it. So the, the way I would train the pull-up is... Uh, if, if you don't have it at all, then maybe this is only once a week because those eccentric and isometric contractions can really um, bomb you. They could they can tear you down. So you don't want to do these workouts back to back, especially if you're new. But maybe get a chair where your head would start out where you can kind of jump your body over that pull-up bar into the finish of a pull-up and hang now as long as you can over the bar. And then... Fight, 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 fight to lower yourself as slowly as possible. And that's going to be a long journey for you, but you're going to hang as long as you can over the bar, and then you're going to lower yourself as slowly as you can. And, and that isometric hold at the top and that eccentric loading coming down are going to train you um, in the reverse order to get that concentric contraction to pull your body up later down the line. So, And again, it would be the same situation. How long can you accumulate your chin over the bar? And then how many reps can you, then, then how long can you lower yourself coming down? And that, that one's a little bit easier to time, or excuse me, harder to time. So again, but I would do the same thing. Can you get two minutes uh, hanging um, and then coming down and then slowly get it in less sets? But I think you have some good options there to get your vertical pulling in. And, and again, you, you can't just sit there because those things grease out pretty quick. Every time you come down, I would just do something low level in between, whether you're going to go for a jog for 200 meters, you're going to jog to the driveway and back, you're going to drop, drop and do some sit-ups, or if you're trying to get blown up, maybe you just drop and do a couple push-ups, then, then you shake things out and get back to it, I think, or some squats, because that's, you know, you're not tiring yourself out, um, you're not tiring your legs out doing the pull-up, so you drop and do some squats, and, and you got a really cool, simple workout set up with a pull-up bar that, that I think is pretty functional. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff right there. I like that um, holding up on the pull bar for that two minutes or whatever, and then slowly letting yourself down. Yeah. It's for me the hardest part is just getting up to that bar, right? 
Yeah, so if we get from a chair, the full stretch, exactly. Yeah, so in CrossFit circles, they'll do they they'll kind of prescribe jumping pull ups, right? And what they want, you know, in, in CrossFit, I think is interesting that they've with the kipping and the jumping pull up, they've kind of turned the the pull up into a um into a, a an aerobic an aerobic um, exercise instead of a strength training exercise, and and I think that both are well and good. You just need to know when and why you should do either. Um, and I would tell you right now, if you don't have five strict pull-ups, you should not be treating a pull-up like an aerobic exercise, and you should not even be worried about kipping um, and trying to do a hundred pull-ups fast. Um, and that, and to me, that standard would be for kids. That standard would be for women. That standard would be for men. That standard would be for old people. Um, if you can't do five strict pull-ups, you should not be worried about trying to do 21 in a workout or kipping any. So um, keep it there. I mean, even to, and, that, and that's something that I think is interesting and where you have to check your ego at the door, especially if you're training in a group setting. But, yeah. And that's really hard to do. So again, hey, what a great opportunity to flex your discipline muscle by telling the coach in there, hey, guess what, coach? <laughs> Guess what, the partner next to me? I'm not doing your 21 pull-ups per set. I'm not going to try and kip these. I'm going to stick with my strict pull-ups, and I'm going to I'm going to build this capacity that way. So I really love the the jumping pull-up, and then that kind of iso eccentric variation on the back end of it, and it forces you to do the full range of motion. Um, we learn better. The muscles, the motor patterns, get dialed in better with the eccentric hold and. I think eccentric and isometric holds were actually going to be more conducive to, to hypertrophy than the concentric loading. Um, and we've kind of talked about that before. So mixing in those different contractions are also going to help raise or um, are going to vary up not only the exercise patterns, but also what your muscles are doing. And, and again, put you, in, put you into to, to things that your muscles are naturally going to do more often. There was a lot of big words in that sentence, there, buddy. But no, that's that's yeah. good stuff. I, I mean, and I think that hopefully is helpful to our readers and or, or listeners. And um, well, and and just to sum up, just to help out, like if 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 we could think of some different terms for isometric, that would be like a static hold. Can you just stay still? Um, the concentric thing. The concentric, the concentric contraction is going to be, think of throwing a punch. Um, and the eccentric would just be, think of, think of, um, this, that's probably the hardest one. Uh, that's where your muscle is doing the work while it's stretching and getting longer. And I actually do think the best example of that would be trying to slow your body down um, from the top of a pull-up. Because if you notice, if if you're flexed at the top, your bicep is small. And then as you lower yourself, but you're working really hard, your bicep gets longer. So that's, I think that's a really good example of what's going on with an eccentric contraction. But they all, they're all useful. And you need, if you're not, if, if you're not doing those three things in your training program, your training program's not good enough. If you're just blasting pull-ups and like Jeremy talked about blasting 225 pound benches, yeah, you're great. But what are you going to do when you need to hold an isometric contraction for a long time? You know, and even in like my jujitsu practice, like there's times where I have to buckle down and just hold someone down or hold a position. And there's a lot of value in, in those static holds that, that you need to do. So, well, I was watching a UFC fight last night and <clears throat> these two guys were 
you know, boxing around and then they started grappling. And then I noticed when they started grappling, they started getting more exhausted because they're trying to, and it, I would think that that's that eccentric that they're doing, right? Because they're sitting there slowly moving and they're trying to, well, in, in my and, young, and they got wiped out. I mean, they were, they were toast. Well, that's, that's my young, in my, again, I don't want anyone to, uh, I'm, I've only been doing this a couple, couple months and it's a neat thing to pick up late in life, but. That's what I'm discovering. That's the hardest part is to not freak out when you're in the middle of these combatives. And um, yeah. even listening to guys having a conversation recently, the hardest part about um, being in a fight is not losing your gas tank, right? So how do you how do you how do you have the control to stay relaxed and, and to do what you need to do and not? Because you imagine, you know, if you if you're in the bottom of a clinch, or if let's say you know, um, a position that I'm not comfortable in in jujitsu right now is when I'm on my back um, and I'm trying to either defend someone from passing my guard or, you know, I'm trying to get out of side control or someone's got me like in a knee on belly position. That's really uncomfortable for me because as a football player, you're generally not on your back very long. Um, And again, in modern society, how often are we on our back, you know, fighting for our lives? It just doesn't happen. So when you place yourself in those positions, you're you have a tendency, I don't, and listen, I don't care who you are or what you think you're going to do, until you're in that situation, you have no idea what you're going to do. And I've been tinkering with this boxing thing, I've been tinkering with this jujitsu thing, and as soon as somebody who knows what they're doing more than you is like in, fr- in front of you throwing punches, or they're on top of you trying to choke you, um, you freak out. You get scared and you do stupid things, and what and you, you exert way more energy than you need to. A hundred percent. But these guys who know what they're doing, like again, this hundred thirty pound Korean kid, I'm much stronger than him. I can physically dominate him. But when I'm on top of him, trying to kill him, uh, or do, do this mock combat that we're doing, he's relaxed and he can carry on and think about what he's doing. You know what I mean? So. Again, this goes back to, I think, what we were talking about in the beginning. What are you doing to raise your minimums, to keep your mind cool? And what, again, another unbelievable aspect of training. You know, rather than just being a meathead and focus on choking people in, in jiu-jitsu practice, um, I went into it going, hey, I don't fight people. I haven't been in this, and I'm just not getting uncomfortable enough in my own gym. So I'm going to go into this new, strange environment, humble myself to the situation, and, and let people kind of beat the crap out of me and it's been really humbling um and i think humbling in all the right ways so um interesting stuff man like jeremy uh interesting conversation we've had today on uh we've walked we we've kind of walked this dance between traveling consistency and discipline and um i think we even gave a a, a really nice and useful pull-up progression yeah absolutely yeah, and in, in a strange way, without mentioning it, that was that was a sort of a little after action review right there. <laughs> it was a good little after action review. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, interesting, interesting chat, man. Um, if 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 um, your takeaway from the conversation, um, uh, what, what did you learn from it? Oh, from our uh, yeah, just today. You know, I well, the one thing was is that I was telling my wife the other day because on the pull-ups I was saying, "Man, honey, I'm I'm doing these pull-ups, but I'm kind. I think I'm cheating." And she goes, "Well, why do you think you're cheating?" And I said, "Well, because I'm kind of springing myself up into the pull-up, but I'm slowly letting my weight weight down." And I hadn't even ever talked to you about that. And then when you were talking about, it, I was like, 
Well, thank God I wasn't cheating. I was actually doing a true program. I was yeah, actually doing, doing right. a, a functional movement. Because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't pull myself up, man. I was like, holy smokes, because I hadn't done them for so long, you know, and then and then to jump into them. So it's nice to hear that, you know, my improvising was actually, you know, I was actually doing something right for once in my hey, life. Yeah, you do what you can the best you can. That's it. Yeah. And the, and the pulling exercises aren't just pull-ups in the base camp program. You get we do have a horizontal row in there, which is also going to strengthen those pulling muscles if you're doing it right. And then we do let you swing, um, swing the kettlebell. And um, um, hey, while we're on that, we can we can talk about a show sponsor, uh, PR Lifting, who is providing um, that equipment for some winner um, of our opening launch party contest, and, and hopefully they're enjoying that equipment. Um, or will be soon. So um, again, uh, check those guys out. Uh, Jeremy, uh, another shout out real quick to folks that were also trying to help out. PR Lifting also um, providing um, or provided at the time of this release. Uh, they're providing some um, pretty legit equipment for also the Sendivet auction. Yeah, exactly. And we're super excited. The auction's up here on May 11th. Um, doors open at 5.30. We're at the Puyallup Fair grounds. It's $30 to get your ticket inside the door. And then it's kind of an all-you-can-eat um, barbecue type function. You don't have to buy anything. Uh, it's a great venue. We have about 800 to 1,500 people that come through the doors throughout the whole event and so it usually goes until about 10 or 11 o'clock we have lots of great stuff lots of firearms that we have there for um like not auction but they're there on card games i would say and then um there's art there i mean there's so much and it's just such a great cause man uh, when you're these veterans you hear their stories and it's it's pretty heartwarming to hear what Sendivet has done to save their lives, you know, and, and, and get them on a path of positive thinking and letting them know that, you know, you can still get out there and do all this stuff and have that camaraderie and, and be with your brothers. And yeah, I mean, I get goosebumps every time I freaking talk about it. So, well, and that's a, it's a great cause. And hopefully people can come out and just at least pay the $30, come through the door shake a veteran's hand and just support the cause we're um we're excited we send you know we've been able to send people to africa and on hunts and you know they go all over the u.s for hunts and alaska for fishing and and some of them choose not to do the hunting or fishing and we just send them on like a reprieve where they go and do they just sightsee or do whatever but they get out into the country and enjoy god's greatest you know creation yeah, I love it. And um, so if you, if you guys, uh, uh, backcountryandbarbells.com, if you want to learn more about PR lifting or Sendivet, um, we have our partners uh, page. You can check that out. And, um, you know, we, we've done our best with this podcast to kind of marry those two situations. And I think you guys, um, you guys could do your best for us and both of those organizations by just checking out the links and checking out what they're doing. Uh, and again, you can get there through Backcountry and Barbells, the partner page. And then please visit prlifting.com. And um, it would be really awesome if you visited uh, sendavet.org and, uh, you know, donate now, attend the auction. You know, you could do it as simply by just, you know, keeping your eyes open for a, a vet in your life who might be struggling. And maybe, hey, 
why not try getting outdoors? And here's an organization that's getting vets outdoors and putting them together and, and giving them maybe a sense of purpose and a mission, um, which might be the thing um, that keeps them from, uh, from, from making a, a really tough decision um, in a negative way, which, you know, um, you know we see uh, suicide rates are high in that community. Um, and it's just a special place in this podcast to be able to talk about some of that stuff. You know, I have a, I have a soft place in my heart for, for guys... Um, for guys, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, often themselves. I mean, of all the groups um, in society, in modern society right now, um, the suicide rates are highest amongst uh, white males. And I think that that often goes ignored. And we need to make sure that that's not the case anymore. So let's let's help these guys. Um, so check out sendavet.org, guys. And um, man, Jeremy, uh, it started out talking about travel and avoiding lubricant jokes and uh we <laughs> we we end we end on a really serious note talking about a great organization um and we hit a couple of things in between that i think are actionable and useful for our listeners uh um uh, to surmise it i think this was about as, as good as it gets and while we're doing the show perfect hey guys be the cause of change out there create your own luck I love it, guys. Create your own luck. We'll end it on that. And uh, thanks a bunch, guys. Awesome show today, guys. Um, discipline, pull-ups, and um, managing travel. Stuff we should all be doing in some way, shape, or form. At least I believe. Um, guys, along with the content, uh, review it. Thank you very much. That would be awesome. Share it. But um, guys, check out show sponsor PR Lifting Quality Fitness Gear. Check them out prlifting.com and also guys please if there's one thing you could do at the end of this show um, support Sendivet head on over to Sendivet.org whether you want to support the mission or have someone who needs their support Sendivet would love to help really hope you enjoyed the show guys be on the lookout for new content to come and thanks a bunch <laughs>